the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. By Church of the Redeemer in Gatorsburg, Maryland. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. This year and in the years to come, you are going to make decisions. Everybody's going to make decisions. And if you want to make the right decisions, you need God in your decision-making ability. Amen? What you do now will determine what will happen in your life 5 and 10 and 15 and 20 years from now, perhaps even longer than that, because your decisions really do matter. Today, let me talk about these four things. If you're going to be guided by God, the first thing we'll talk about today is that you and I need to do what I'm calling the heart work, the heart work. Every decision that you make in life is the result of some influence upon your, what was the word I gave you there? Your heart. Every decision. The Bible says that every part of your life is determined by your heart. So we're to guard our heart with all carefulness and diligence because out of your heart comes all the issues of your life. And so when it comes to making decisions, there are influences that come upon your heart that will cause you to potentially make certain decisions. Let me share with you four of the main influences that can come upon your heart to cause you to make certain decisions that you must be aware of. The first influence is the influence of people. I've watched people before refused to really open their life to Christ fully because they were afraid of what their friends would think of them or what someone in their family would think of them. I really can't give my life fully to Christ because if I do, I'm not sure if I'm going to be accepted by this peer group any longer. Maybe I'll be rejected by them. Maybe my family won't understand. And so this is a thing that we must understand. If we're not careful, people can place an undue and improper influence upon our heart when decisions come our way. The second thing that influences our heart when it comes to decisions would be our own personal motives. A motive is the reason you do something. It is the why behind the action. It's why you and I do what we do. And sometimes our motives are not everything that they need to be when it comes to making a decision. You have an opportunity before you, a situation you're trying to decide about. And if you're not careful, unbeknownst to us many times, what can happen to us is that our inner motives, what we want in life, what's moving us on the inside, can push and press us in a particular direction. Now, those motives can be good or those motives can be bad. If the motives are good, that's a wonderful thing. If the motives are not so good, it's a terrible thing because it'll cause you to make unwise decisions. Motives like pride and lust and materialism and power and prestige and wanting to be important, these kind of things can drive you toward a decision that will represent a lack of wisdom in your life. So when you're seeking what you want versus what God God wants for your life, then your motives are now impure. 
or they're missing something. And so you have to do the heart work. What is really pulling the strings of my heart? Which people are pulling the strings of my heart? And what motives are pulling the strings of my heart? Notice Proverbs 2, verse 12. We can justify our every deed, but God looks at our motives. How many know that you can justify anything you want to do? If you want to do it, you'll find a reason to do it. You'll justify it. Proverbs 16, verse 2 says, All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. It's only God can help you to understand what's motivating you. Thirdly, Proverbs 16, verse, eight, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit. That's a prideful spirit, a wrong set of motives before a fall. The third thing that can motivate you in your heart if you're not careful, would be your own emotions. This is a little bit different than motives. Your emotions. What are your emotions? Your emotions are your feelings, your internal feelings, your internal likes and dislikes, your internal longings, those things that are happening that you feel emotionally on the inside. And emotions are very powerful forces. And sometimes if you're not careful, the feelings that you have about something can really, really dictate what you do in your life. Sometimes these feelings are hurts that you're carrying around with you. You know that if you're carrying a hurt that you haven't resolved inside of you, that it can get in the way of you making some good decisions in your future? That's why it's so important that you let God heal the hurts of your life because if you continue to carry those hurts with you, somewhere down the line, it's going to influence you in a relationship. It's going to influence you in a choice that you make along the way. Your fears. How many of you have had times in life that you didn't do something or try something because of a fear that kept got in the way, right? Okay, it was a fear that was there, right? Okay, and so it was that emotion that kept you from making a good decision, okay? Notice Jeremiah 17, 9. We've used this as a part of the series several times, but it's extremely important. The Bible says the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who can really know how bad it is? So these emotions can pull you in the wrong directions. Be careful of being led by your feelings. Your feelings are perhaps the most deceptive thing you'll ever have in life because what you feel today may not be what you feel tomorrow, and what you feel going into a decision may not be what you feel today after you made the decision. The fourth thing that you need to prepare for in terms of your heart, be aware of, would be what I would call pressures and circumstances. I'll explain that for you. Pressures and circumstances can weigh upon your heart. And that's why you have to take a strong look at what's moving you toward decisions because you can allow these pressures and circumstances to cause you to make bad decisions. I've learned in my life that sometimes I have a tendency, and I bet you have the very same tendency I do. The tendency is when you're under pressure and under circumstance, what do you want to do more than anything else? You want to get out from under it, right? Okay. And all of us have that tendency, and, and obviously it's an important thing that we pray about those things, but oftentimes what happens in life is that sometimes God puts you in a pressure situation. Sometimes God lets some circumstances come your way in life because He's trying to form you and fashion you and work on you. How many know for, for, for impure gold to become pure gold, it has to go through some heat? Amen? And for that little irritation in the oyster to become a pearl, it has to go through some pressure. It has to go through some irritation. There's some processes that have to go on. 
Anything that is finished out in life is only finished by pressure. It's only finished by heat. It's finished by things that, that allow there, the, there to be the perfection process to occur. And oftentimes we can let pressures and circumstances unsettle us. And when they unsettle us, we want to run from them instead of staying in them while God does his work for us that needs to be done. I will tell you something about God. He will put you in the oven sometimes, but you'll not leave you in the oven any longer than you need to be there. Amen? Okay. He keeps his hand on the dial and his hand on the door. Okay. He knows exactly when to turn the oven down and when to open the oven door and let you out. But the problem is we're trying to bang our way out of the oven, aren't we? Okay. I see a lot of people that have run away from problems and pressures and circumstances, and they ran away prematurely because God was trying to do something incredible in their life, but they actually missed the moment of the perfectioning, the perfecting work that God was trying to do because they thought, I've got to get out of this. No, you don't have to get out of it. Let me tell you something. When it's time, God can get you out, okay? The second thing that I want to talk about briefly is you and I, to make good decisions, need to revisit our past in a healthy and helpful way. Normally, I don't encourage people to look at their past because let me tell you something about your past. It's past. You can do really do nothing about it. There's only one thing valuable that you can do with your past. And the only one thing that you can do valuable with your past is, first of all, don't live in it. Amen? Okay? Don't live in your past. God's forgiven you if you've asked Him to. Whatever's been there in the past, it's over with. But the only value your past has to you as is, uh, is an education. Okay? That's the only value your past has for you is to give you some capacity to have learned some lessons along the way. And so when you're making decisions now, anytime you come up to an important decision in your life, you need to stop at one point and say, what's going on in my heart? And then now as I've checked that out, let me, check, let me take a moment and let me do some healthy, helpful looking back. Has there been another situation in my life like this before? Have I, did I go through something similar to this? two years ago or five years ago or 10 years ago? Is there any lesson that I learned when I went through it the last time? Maybe I failed the test. Maybe there was a lesson that I learned, but I found it helpful in my life when I'm making a big decision to take some time to look back on things and it'll help you. It'll give you guidance for your present and for your future. A fool is not someone that makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Not going to be, it's impossible to go through life and never make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. But foolishness is when you don't learn from them, when you don't gather something from it for your present and for your future. The Israelites were like this, especially as they went through a season in their life experience called the book of the Judges. Let me read you a passage here in Judges chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. Look at the failure of the people of Israel at this time in their life to do this very thing. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge over Israel, he was with that judge and rescued the people from their enemies throughout the judge's life. For the Lord took pity on his people who were burdened by oppression and suffering. So when God's people were oppressed and suffering, they cried out to God. God raised up a judge and rescued them. Now notice verse 19. But when the judge died, what did the people do? They returned to their corrupt ways, behaving worse than those who had lived before them. 
They went after other gods, serving and worshiping them, and they refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. Do you see what's going on here? Here were the people of God in trouble. They would cry out to God, and God would come and deliver them and set them free. He would use a judge to do that, someone that would be raised up as a deliverer. As soon as that deliverer would die, what would they do? Go right back to the same stuff they did before. That's called foolish, okay? And so what I want you to see in your life is that as you go through things, God is going to teach you lessons along the way. You're going to learn things, hopefully, as you go through your journey with God. Because all of us fail. We make mistakes. But it's only when you look back and say, okay, I don't want to do that again. I'm going to do this differently this time. I don't have to make the same mistake twice, right? Amen? I can turn this corner. I don't have to live that same way again like the Israelites did. Notice Proverbs 26, 11. We refuse to learn from our mistakes. Notice how the Bible refers to this. It's a little bit gross, but we'll read it anyway. You ready? As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. I think you can explain. I don't need to comment, comment on that at all. You got it, right? Okay. So when you're facing an important life decision, you need to revisit your past in a healthy way. Search for the lessons you've had there, what's God taught you. Reflect on those past lessons and say, this is what I'm taking with me for the decision I'm making now. Third thing, third thing that's necessary, if you and I are going to experience God's guidance in our life, is that we need to seek the right advice. If you're your only counselor, the Bible has a name for that too, it's called fool, okay? If you're your only counselor, okay? then you've got to, you, you know, you, you kind of have a fool as your client, right? Okay. And so if you're the only person you're listening to in your life, then you're going to make a lot more mistakes that way. All of us need other people in our lives because we need this thing called advice, okay? You need some advisors in your life. Everybody does. Proverbs 18 verse 2 says, Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. And so that's what a fool is. They only, they only think about what they think about things. Proverbs twelve fifteen says, a fool is in love with his own opinion, but wisdom means being teachable. And so part of seeking advice really is this whole idea, am I teachable? Notice Proverbs 19, verse 20. Get all the advice and instruction you can, so you will be wise the rest of your life. Young folks, let me tell you, you ought to learn that verse right there. In fact, it wouldn't hurt the adults to learn it as well, okay? But get all the advice and instruction you can. Why? So you will be wise the rest of your life. Proverbs twenty eighteen. Plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice, okay? Now, I could read many other passages for you about this principle of advice, but I'm going to stop with those that I've just shared with you and give you four characteristics of the kind of people that you want to be advisors in your life. Not everybody. The Bible says that we're not to walk in the counsel or the advice of the ungodly, but we're to walk in the advice of certain kinds of people. So let me give you four characteristics of the kind of people you need to seek advice from. Number one, you need to seek advice from godly people. The word godly, what do, you, what do you think the word godly means? It's an adjective. It describes being like 
God, okay? That they, you're, you're looking for people who have a real relationship with God. Not, not just a, I go to church kind of thing and I, I know a few Bible verses, but I'm talking about someone that actually has a real relationship with God in their life and they re, their lives reflect a real relationship. I'm not saying that they're perfect, they have everything together. No, that's not it at all. But there's a meaningful, personal, real relationship with God that you can look at their life and say, you know what? I know that that person has the knowledge some relationship, meaningful relationship with God. I'm going to add a next word, next word to it. You need to get advice from people who are mature, okay? I mean, somebody can be godly, but totally immature. When it comes to, this is important because maybe they just met Jesus two years ago and they, they love him with all their heart. They have a relationship with him, but they're still kind of dumb in a lot of stuff, Okay. When it comes to real spiritual and life maturity, you're looking for someone that is settled and stable. Amen? Don't go and get advice from somebody that is unstable. Don't go and get advice from somebody that's unsettled. If you see somebody that's always flopping all over the place, they might praise God like crazy on Sunday, but if they're flopping all over the place during the week in terms of their own emotions and their ability to handle life, you don't want advice from people like that. Why? Because you want mature advice. What is mature all about? Someone that has the capacity to look at the big picture. They're able to see things from a broader perspective. They've gained a sense of understanding based upon, here's another key word here, responsibility, because I've learned over the years that maturity is not a matter of age, it's a matter of responsibility. If you're going to be a responsible person, it's not how old you are, it's really how responsible you are, okay? And so a mature person is a responsible person. They're living a responsible life. The third characteristic is you're looking for someone who has some level of experience with what you're dealing with, amen? You need, I mean, if you, for, if, if you got some medical issue that you're dealing with, you're trying to make a decision about that, don't come to me. I can't help you. I'll pray for you, okay? But I have no clue what you need to do medically, okay? Go to a good doctor. Find the best doctor you can. Find the best doctor that hopefully you'll find one that's godly and mature, but if they don't, if they're not that, at least they know what they're doing when it comes to your body, amen? And so what you do is you find someone. If you need good financial advice, find someone. Don't find someone who's gone bankrupt 50 times. Find someone that knows how to do it, okay? Right? Okay. Are you with me here? Find somebody that knows what they're doing. Look for the experience. Look for a success or a track record that you can count on. Because if there's no track record there, then why do you want to go and get advice from someone that's not even doing it in their own life? Okay? Are you with me here? So we're talking about making. We're talking about wisdom. Right? We're bringing that thing called wisdom from way up there in the sky and bringing it right down here to where we live at, okay? And the day-to-day decisions that we make. And so let me give you one last word here. People who love you, who care about you. Because when you go to someone that cares about you, they're going to want what's best for you. They're going to say what's best for you. They're going to be there for, there's a sense of care and a genuine commitment to what's best in your life. And so the highest advice that you can get is from someone that is godly, from someone that is mature, from someone that has some level of experience, and from someone who has an attitude of love for you. You don't need to go to your haters to get advice. Amen? When you go to your haters to get advice, what kind of advice do you think they're going to get? They're going to say, hey, yeah, do this. Okay? Ha, 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 ha. You want people that love you, people that care about you. Amen? Are you ready for the last one?
Number four, be patient. Oh, I know that hurts to say. Okay. When God is guiding and directing something, there's generally not a sense of got to do it now kind of thing, unless it's a direct sense of disobedience to God. If you're disobeying God now, then stop it now. Okay, okay. That's an immediate thing. But when it comes to God working in your life and trying to make decisions, time is, time is your friend. Are you with me here? Say that with me. Time is my friend. Say it together. Say it together. Again, time is my friend. Okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it a step further. I'm not sure you can handle this next one, but say it with me. Waiting is my friend. No, I know that was real hard to say. Okay? I think we ought to try it one more time. Waiting is my friend. Because sometimes when you wait, it's interesting what comes to light when you wait. Amen? It's interesting what you learn when you just go, whoa, Nelly. Let's just try, let me step back here just for a minute, okay? Let me give it a little bit of time. Let me see what's going on here. Because I found that when you give God some time, you're giving God space, okay? You're giving God space to work. You're giving Him opportunity to work. And it takes time to make a good decision, folks. Generally speaking, it takes time to make good decisions. And through time, God clarifies things for you, okay? If you're in a rush, then generally what's going on is your emotions are driving you, okay? Your heart's pulling you in some way. I've got to do, I've got to do it now. I've got to do it now. Well, I've just got to do it now, Pastor, okay? Well, no, you don't. Time out, okay? Time out. Time is your friend. Wait. Because urgency is not always a good thing in life. I've learned this. I will tell you something. I have almost never regretted slowing down a decision. Almost never. There have been a few occasions that perhaps I could have moved a little faster on something. But generally speaking, I have, by and large, I have very seldom ever regretted slowing down something. But I will tell you something. I've often regretted speeding something up. How about you? Okay. So in life, you're going to make you're going to make you're going to make uh, you're going to you're going to you're going to miss the mark. You're going to, you're going to make mistakes. But let me tell you, you'll make fewer mistakes if you slow down than you will if you speed up. Okay. And so what you want to learn is to take a pace with what you're doing. Read Proverbs 19 verse two with me. Let's read it together. Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. You've heard that before, haven't you? Notice that statement, enthusiasm. What's that? That's all these emotions that you have. Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good, okay? You, don't have, you haven't had enough time to get the knowledge. Haste makes mistakes. Proverbs 21.5, read this one with me. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. So the plans of the diligent. I mean, it takes some time to make good plans, right? Okay? You have to be patient. You have to be patient in the process. And so the plans of the diligent is what leads to success and what leads to profit. But haste leads to poverty. Last verse here. Uh, Proverbs 29, 20. Read with me. Do you see someone who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for them. How many times have you spoken something and made a commitment about something? 
I said, yeah, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And you committed to it. And the words of your mouth came out and you made a commitment in haste, okay, because you didn't really think about it. Maybe a financial commitment or a, a, a variety of any kind of commitments you can make. You didn't think about it before you spoke. And then you, boom, there you were. And the Bible says, do you see someone who speaks in haste? There's more hope for a fool than for them. So the key thing is to learn as you're making decisions. What is your friend? What's your friend? Time. Okay, time is not your enemy. Time is your friend. Okay, and so this year we're talking about improving our lives by becoming wiser. Part of becoming wiser is making better decisions. To make better decisions, you've got to make sure that you're continually checking your heart. Make sure that you're not being pulled on by the wrong people. Make sure that you've got the right motives. Make sure that your emotions are not in the thing in a way that's guiding you in a a direction it shouldn't be. And then make sure you're not running from pressures and circumstances. Then what do you do? Take a look at your past. Anything in my past that I can learn, apply to what I'm doing here now. And then thirdly, you seek advice. Who can I find in my life that would be godly and mature, would have some kind of experience that could help me and that loves me? Can I find those kind of people or that person in my life? And then as I'm going through this process, process, ultimately, I'm also going to be patient. I'm going to give God plenty of time. And when I give him time, I'm giving him space to work and space to clarify what it is that he really wants me to do. Perhaps, as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. MyPillow has now made it easier than ever to own a MyPillow. Not only are they still offering a 10-year... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn... 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.